Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com The champions of the world conquer the league and champions and the governor gets a win. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, 23rd of February. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Vidish Nandaraja. And I'm Andy Russell. Nice to see you back, Andy Brassel. Hi, Vish. Hi. Hello. You swanned in with pizza and various other lovely artifacts from Rome. You had a, yes, pe- you bought a pizza? No, I just, I just, I was trying to think of what Italian <laughs> cliches are, and then I didn't want to be xenophobic. Don't say the word pizza <laughs> recklessly around me. I know. Please. Is that right? Yeah. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's the best food, isn't it? You're either going to say pizza or ravioli, and you should have gone for the second one. It turns Ooh. out. Why is pizza not a breakfast food, just out of interest? Well, it, well, it can be. Yeah, it, it just is seems if you like Pete Donaldson. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like the perfect breakfast food. Anyway, ravioli. Ooh. Yeah, why not, eh? Did you, so do you, um, because you go to the continent so often, you obviously won't necessarily just bring back things every time you go, but there is, is there one thing in particular when you go to Italy that you do bring back? Seems to have forgotten our gifts this time round. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed that. Noticed. Oh, oops. Um, well, well, well the, the thing is, I tend to bring like small boxes of batchy. You know, those uh, little, um, they're kind of like, they've, they've got like sort of smashed nuts inside them. Ooh. They're incredible chocolates. You know, batchy means kisses. And seeing as I forgot your chocolates, I'll just have to give you genuine kisses. That's oh. fair enough, yeah. Well, the last time I went to Italy, I went to Naples, we were going, heading back to the UK. And my partner was like, oh, I should get some chocolates for your mum. We were at that stage of the relationship where she had to bring stuff back. Mm. Um, So I kind of let her get on with it. Fast forward a week when we go to my parents and she brings out the chocolates. And my mum opens up the wrapping, gets out the chocolates, and they are individually um, all have blackface on them. It was incredible. (laughs) No. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Unbelievable. So what? I mean, was there any hint of the no. terrors within? No, it looked really like lovely packaging. You genuinely had no idea. She handed them over. My mum opened them and offered them to Olympia and I. 
And Olympia took it out unwrapped it. I was watching TV and she was like, fuck, I'm not going to believe what's happened here. And she showed me the wrapper. I'll post the wrapper on Twitter. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Do you want to shame the company or is it a sort of... <laughs> you know what? They're probably flying now, aren't they? They're probably still going. I probably wouldn't want to give them free advertising because of what I just said. But yeah, it was... Um... So you've got to be careful when you're bringing back treats from Italy is what I'm saying. <laughs> and that's why I didn't bring you chocolates, just to be on the safe side. <laughs> Great save. Although that suggests you do have to basically eat all the gifts that you bring in order to check in advance. She generally thought about replacing them all with celebrations. A, f- a friend of mine <laughs> once bought me an Edinson Cavani biscuit tin that oh, you yeah. may have seen before on Twitter, listeners because it is a great biscuit tin. And um, he, he gave it to me. And it was a wonderful gift to receive. And I was like, does it not have any biscuits in it? And he's like, no, no, <laughs> it, it didn't come with any biscuits in it. And then, obviously, I speak like 150 words of Italian. I could see from the sticker on the bottom, <laughs> like when he left, it said, uh, biscuit tin with biscuits. Oh, Very explicitly. No. So I knew exactly what he'd done. It was far from the perfect crime. <laughs> but thank you for the tin, Sheridan. <laughs> Uh, Well, uh, Chelsea will be off to the continent next week, I guess. And they'll be taking with them a 2-0 win over Lille that seemed fairly comfortable. Yeah, comfortable enough to eat as much flamencucho as you like when you're over there, I would think. Yes. Yeah. Good recommendation. Sorry, we're back on pizza. Is is that far enough away from pizza for you to be okay? close enough, yeah. Right, okay. I'm actually genuinely concerned that my rumbling (laughs) stomach is going to be picked up by the mics. Which I seem to remember actually happened to Jules on one of these rambles. So they're very high quality mics, very high quality. Romelu Lukaku left on the bench, didn't make it onto the pitch. Kai Havertz. I mean, the funny thing about didn't need him. about this, uh, I guess it's sort of it's, it's weird to have such an authoritative win and have a load of questions at the end of it, isn't it? Mm. And I've thought pretty much since he first arrived that Kai Havertz would develop into the top level centre forward that they needed because um, of course he, he comes with the reputation as being, you know, wide-ish or a second striker at a push. Um, but when Havertz played as a number nine for Leverkusen, of course, because of the sort of player he is and because he can do so much more, he always got characterised as false nine. Are you a false nine if you're six foot two and you can score headers on the penalty spot? I would say no. You're just a number nine who can do other stuff. Mm. Um, so I always thought it would it would take a while for Chelsea to work out and you know it's one of the things that finished Frank Lampard isn't it that he couldn't work out what Havertz was and they got a bit antsy about that quite understandably I think when he played there last night I thought this is to me the the biggest indication yet that not that they're out on Lukaku because I don't think they are yet but, you know, you can quite easily see a future without Lukaku and you can quite easily see a point where they give up on it, that, I think. I think that's the stuff you said about Havertz is really interesting there because someone who followed him from afar, you know, a bit a bit removed, who was basically relying on second and third-hand information on, on him, whether it was stuff written about him or people tweeting about him, I had in my head this wizard-like footballer who was going <laughs> to come over here and be a bit tricksy um, you know, also do all the things you said because of his height and things like that. But I always find it a bit weird. He looked a bit lost at the beginning mm. when he was when balls were coming into him quite high, whether he was having to chest them down or or head them. It, it didn't seem the thing that came most naturally to him. And then that's anecdotally from from when I've covered Chelsea. It's weird. It's the opposite of Alvaro Morata, who's scoring a, a lot of headed goals in the first part of when he was at Chelsea, completely glossed over the fact that he wasn't suited for English football and he wasn't what they needed. 
Yeah, but I st- I still have this feeling of him now when I watch him that he's a bit like he's like a luxury item that's now been given everyday use. It's like you know if you don't have a rolling pin and you use a bottle of wine, <laughs> it feels a little bit like that. Um, but I I wondered actually that, that is dark. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I I wondered because like I wonder how he sees himself in his mind or whether that even matters really because. He has scored some vital goals now for Chelsea. Yeah. You know, obviously, the Club World Championship. Uh, he scored earlier this season against Liverpool at uh, Anfield, I think. Obviously, the Champions League final yeah. last night as well. Um, and I do wonder, actually, Mount is always going to start in that front three. Havertz, it looks like for big games that he's going to. What do you think about Lukaku out on the right? Do you reckon that's doable? I think it is doable. Um, or do you think it takes something away from Ziyech and Pulisic who are probably better suited yeah, for I mean, wider worlds? Pulisic, despite him having a really good game, I, I still don't know where he goes yeah. on, a, on a regular basis. He's weird in that he's a 60 million euro player that is nice to have. Yeah. Which I guess he's kind and who, of... who can play right wing back. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. kind of indicative of what and where Chelsea are, are I suppose. Um, it was a really interesting thing. Um, I think it was yesterday by Liam Toomey on The Athletic. And he was saying what he thinks is one of the most concerning things for Lukaku going forward is the fact that he is a player who thrives off quite direct service. Like being able to to chase the ball in front of him. And on the other hand, Chelsea have quite a slow build-up. And I don't really know how that's soluble. Well, obviously, I do know how soluble get rid of Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in the short to medium term, how is, how is it something that has a solution? Yeah. Did you find this game quite underwhelming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Chelsea did as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it panned out exactly how I thought it would, the, you know. With do the, you mean the, from a narrative perspective or do you mean? Just generally, because I, I, I pretty much saw it playing out like this when they, they were joined together the first time and the second time. Yeah. And I, I was just like, right, you know, I know I know Lille are good because people like Andy say they're good. Not right now, they're not. Not this no. season, they're not they, now. They, yeah. they won, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, but, they, they won their group, didn't they? It was quite so, an easy group. Salzburg would beg to differ. I still don't know how they managed that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it seemed. But you know, they they were like they were they were actually quite nice to watch. You know, Renato Sanchez had a brilliant game. I thought yesterday, slaying the demons of Stamford Bridge. Yes, yeah. At least someone around booted the advertising hall and go have some of that, you twat. (laughs) (laughs) Jose Font making uh, old Thiago Silva looking like a spring chicken. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and indeed, uh, well, he's thirty. Okay, he's thirty-eight, and uh, Silver's thirty-seven. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of comparative fitness yeah. and spring chickens, I, I'm, I, I, I guess, like a, a relearning FIFA player because I, I recent, relatively recently, like in the last six months, got a switch to play with my kids, and so I played FIFA for the first time in about probably about twelve years. And you know when you hit the button on the right of the controller like you tap it to to get the player to have pace mm. yeah it felt like that's what was happening with N'Golo Kante all the time yeah he seemed like like loads more energised than anyone else on the pitch and he, he was just a, a cut above do you think he um, I, I've kind of come to the realisation that everyone talks about what Kante does to a team mm. I think the person who really helps Kante is Kovacic yeah because he does actually a lot of the dirty work that Kante probably gets too much credit for. People assume mm. that he's a breaker up of play, which he does. He he intercepts and stuff like that. But he's 
he does carry the ball forward, and we saw a lot of that yesterday. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Kovacic going off injured yesterday was obviously a big deal, but it feels like Chelsea play the best stuff when he's in the middle. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's funny because um, David Cartledge and I were talking about this this recently, and it was interesting how for a while Kovacic was being groomed as a, a, a Modric replacement, and then he got bored of waiting, basically, and, and that's why he went off to to Chelsea. But I think because he was sort of cast in that role, it is underrated that Kovacic loves the combat. You know, yeah. it's, it's very him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I almost judge him a bit for that. Don't do the dirty stuff. <laughs> if someone has, a, if someone offers you like, right, you can be a Luka Modric, or you can just be like this nasty little disruptor. Not nasty, but you isn't know, it, no, isn't it more like that? Isn't it like this, those people who are like CEOs or whatever, or senior producers who are like, you know, I was a runner, and I'll make the tea. No, but it's a bit more like they still make the tea, though, do they? But they would, but they're trying to be like we work, we all work together. I'll do all the jobs. No, no, I think I think the equivalent. I'm would not. Be, I'm I'm humble. If you were going right. for if you were going for first violin, and someone was like, <laughs> you can't do that. But like, here's first. How can I frame this in Mason terms? <laughs> yeah, um, and then and you know one of your steeds um, was like, <laughs> uh, you can't go first violin, but you can go first viola. You'd spit them, spit them in the face, wouldn't you? You wouldn't play the viola. I have played the violin. Yeah, but you, yeah, but it's beneath you. You did it because you thought you'd be better at it, but it is beneath you, isn't it? This is what I'm saying. I'm quite surprised. Oh, it's like where Andy Bell ends up playing the bass in Oasis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. right. <laughs> to keep it within the realms of... Uh... No, actually, that was quite a good comparison. Good one, Bish. Uh, Thomas Dukel, so <laughs> Elden Gona Kante as our game changer, rightly so. Uh, Tiago Silva also put in a good performance. Um Tuchel said on the Lukaku front that he had to take him out of the fire. Well, he started 10 games in a row, didn't he? Yeah. After, you know, his big absence. So he then hasn't was... become forged. He's become, he's like molten now instead of becoming stronger in the fire. Y- yeah. That's the metaphor I was reading into that. Um, <laughs> and the only, talking about Kovacic, the only downside probably of, of this is Hakim Ziyech. And he have both picked up injuries. Chelsea... Go on to play Liverpool in the Carabao Cup final on Sunday. They are just trophy magnets. They are, yeah. They, they. Um, I'm trying to work out what it is about Tuchel's system that puts you, or you know, puts Chelsea in this frame, this way of being. I suppose that they are a cup team because I don't really look at them and think of them as a cup no. team. They just seem like a cup team because you know, two of the sides ahead of them are fucking brilliant. What a fucking great life it must be being a Chelsea fan. I've only just realised. <laughs> so not too late to, not too late to change person. <laughs> no one really knows. Oh, come and get me, Chelsea. <laughs> um You can't jump off the top of their stadium or whatever you do at the Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> one. But. You can't shout into the void of the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. This is one of the things they do when you go to the to the you know, when you walk over the stadium or you do that outside. What did you shout into the void? Don't go, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Please can we win something eventually? Um yeah, it it's it echoes back at you, is the idea. Because of the see. way the because of the amazing okay. acoustic. Right. So even if there's just there'll just be two of you up there, it'll it's like you can make a real solid noise that will reverberate around the whole stadium. Oh, I had I had a um I had a, uh, an incident where I got the full force of that because um, game behind closed doors, Lanzini yes, equaliser yes. against West Ham, and it yes. was just it literally just the West Ham you know wider <laughs> squad celebrating, and it yeah it sounded pretty loud yeah. Um, the other game and it... Craig Porson as well, he was there celebrating. <laughs> 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 so awesome. um, the other game in the Champions League, Villarreal won, Juventus won, Vlavic scoring within. 
32 or 33 seconds. The jury is out on that. Um, and then Prejo on with the equaliser on the 66th minute. Route one football, Brass, what we like to see. Those were both of those goals, really. Yeah, they were. It's, it's, it's quite tempting with Vlaovic, but that was the sort of service that Romelu Lukaku is looking at. That's my channel. That's my goal. Yeah. He made but, it look. He made it look very. You know, not as Route One, didn't he? The way he took the ball down and finished the class it. of the first touch. Yeah, yeah. and it, he made it. He made it look super easy when it was barely even a half chance, really. Yeah. But we were talking about this earlier, weren't we, Vish? And you were saying how he's sort of fit, like disgustingly well. Yeah. In uh, his new role in the Evil Empire, not just an aesthetic. Yeah, but he's also um, you could drop him into any kind of like evil team. Like you could drop him into the Iceland team in the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> and he would fit, wouldn't he? He has that look. Even the suit he wore when for his um you know, when he gets out of the car for contract um his contract signing. Yeah. And he's in that kind of all black suit. You're like, yeah, right, this is this man is evil. He'll fit yeah. in. Hello, Jay Medical. Right yeah. <laughs> the question on I th- I think we're all agreed on wondering about is Adrian Rabio, how how is he still on the pitch uh for that for that extraordinary challenge? The the thing is I mean, I, I don't want to go VAR, but you kind of have to because that was the clearest red card you will ever see. That was such a clear red card that you think on day one of referee school when they want to sort of underline serious foul play, it's it's like he did that as an example. It yeah. was such a... <laughs> That's going to be used. A clear thing. Yeah, it's going to be used in like future hazard perception tests. Yeah. 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 I mean, studs up, nice and high on the knee. What so what was the I, I didn't watch this game live, but when he's at a standstill pretty much as yeah. well, Chiquese. When I when I watched it, um when I was watched the replays and you know and you see he's not sent off. I had to remind myself that VAR was actually in place. Yeah. Like, okay, so how how has he stayed on? I don't understand. Did anyone explain it? I don't know whether the refereeing team decided Rabio staying on was more of a penalty to Juventus <laughs> than um, right, okay. him being sent off. Was his mother in the VAR? All, all, we, all, we, all we want is a bit of common sense. That's all we want, true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, and consistency. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And fun. Yeah. <laughs> Slagging off referees. That's apparently what we want in football. Uh, yeah, good to see. I mean, always enjoyable to see Villarreal do well against, uh, was it the Mighty Ducks? No, the Mighty, we want the Mighty Ducks to do well. They played Iceland. Iceland. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, half the side, I, you know how people always say, the size of Viral is like tiny or whatever. On the yes. commentary last night, they said half the size of Rochdale. Is that right? So, yeah. so how big, but the next question is how big is Rochdale? I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. And does Villarreal, as the town's actually called, the town's not called Villarreal, it's called Villarreal. Oh, good knowledge. Tell me more. Really? Does, does it include a nightclub that is the equal of Xanadu's? That is the question. How have you had a I night out it. in Rochdale? How have you not? <laughs> exactly. Where were you, mate? <laughs> Uh, brilliant let's get to the championship um, where, just briefly where uh, Reading beat Birmingham City 2-1 Paul Ince back in business boys and girls I mean I don't really know what to say about this because it seemed like a joke that he was put, <laughs> he was back in oh, charge I thought this was an elaborate prank that you're all playing on me because I've been <laughs> away for a couple of days and then uh, I'm listening to it yesterday's rap oh, Paul Ince is 
actually happening. You know when he gets sent off in that game in 2013 and the citation said that he said the C... He said cunt 12 times and he said he said it no times. And I just don't know what the middle ground is between those two reflections on uh, Because they've obviously, on had, the they've obviously had to count it. Yeah. So he obviously did say it. Well, it seems, it seems weird to be like, no, that's not my well, word. If, if, you're, if you're from... Maybe you were saying something else. Crap. That if, starts if with a C. If you're from estuary Cripes. England, you can just say you said can't. <laughs> nice. Oh. Yeah. Oh. All right. Fair enough. So yes, Reading are on the march. They're now eight points clear of the relegation zone. He says, instances says, it's been a while. I'll be gone in a few weeks. <laughs> that's, the, that's the spirit, yeah. Um, West Brom scored their first goal in a month, but they did lose 2-1 to Middlesbrough. Steve Bruce still without his first win as West Brom See, when manager. you've said Steve Bruce, I know that it's all an elaborate joke. Paul Ince and Steve Bruce. I know, yeah. Champo. People wow. like retro football, don't they? Get Gary Palliser yeah. in there as well. Let's bring back that United team, but in the championship. It's very hipster in, in many ways. Is it? No. Fifty-year-old <laughs> men, really. <laughs> it's, it's the opposite of hipster. Yeah, isn't it? Yes, but isn't that how these things progress? At one point, it's not cool. Then it becomes cool, and then it's so bleak, and it's. Hipster. I feel like anything from that era of the nineties that people like Andy and I talk about and remember fondly mm. isn't cool yeah I mean Brian McClare's doing a podcast though so is maybe, he? Yeah. what's it called? <laughs> I, I don't know it's called McClacker's <laughs> <laughs> McClare's Musings or something <laughs> McClacker's cr- Crackers um, <laughs> it's the title uh, alright on that though I think we should get to a break in the second half, we've got pep talks, everybody, and we've got a landmark development in the game of football. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly 3 years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
Join Luke Moore and me, Pete Donaldson, for an unplanned half hour where we discuss life's great mysteries like can a man survive by eating roadkill as well as the week's most bizarre new stories and your ridiculous adventures like this one about an almost catastrophic shortcut. We eventually came to a large railed fence which I decided we should climb. A scale to 15 foot-ish fence. And as I was sat atop, ready to jump down, three or four police came running from a little building we hadn't noticed before shouting at me and grabbing my mate Sam. I was faced with the choice of legging it onto the other side of the fence or gallantly going back to help my friend. I returned to Sam, and the quite pissed off police and my gallantry was rewarded as they advised me that I had been climbing into the zoo and would have landed in an animal enclosure. Listen to The Look at Pete Show wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold on, please, Gary. <laughs> Why did they put an echo on it? Thanks, Gary. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Right, as Wednesday. It is time... For pep talks. We are so, so happy. We're so happy. We are so happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for that. We are so happy. I'm so happy. We are so happy. Sit down. Nobody talk. Sit down. Wait. Drink wine and relax. A pep talk from Anon, who I assume is anonymous. Rather than Q, hopefully. Yes. Yeah. That's a... Uh... That's a good point. Um, well, it's going to be quite clear for reasons that will become obvious when we when we dive into the issue. Yes, yeah. Do you want to interrupt me again before I start the email? Or <laughs> I want to out you because you've actually sent this email in, haven't you, Vish? No, I don't have a neighbour. No, I do, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I do have a neighbour. I don't have a garden. On the estate? With all your talk about neighbours last Wednesday, I thought I'd get in touch with my quandary around my own neighbours. My neighbours are constantly washing out their car boot extremely thoroughly. I'm talking once every two weeks for the last three years. I don't even remember the last time I cleaned mine. My neighbours are retired, and this alone wasn't enough to make me question them. But also this year, they've completely dug out their massive garden and placed a huge concrete slab on it all by (laughs) The garden still remains soil and slab around eight months on, and they shuffle it around every now and again. I have no idea what is going on, but my mind has immediately leaped to murderers. What do I do if they are murderers? I can't be bothered for a showdown. And if they are not murderers, why on earth would they be cleaning their boots so often? I mean, they are—they're murderers. Yeah, people always look for happy. Like my mum's retired, and she, she's got a lot of time on her hands, and she's lost for things to do. Mm. I reckon she could resort to killing. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one suspects her because she's quite small. Well, yeah. Firstly, I think Anon has done very well to nod to Brookside, uh, going back to the 1980s. Uh, so that that's very impressive. Ooh, I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think maybe you could offer them like an Easter gift as an alternative. Because I've recently discovered, you know, one of those squeegee things that washes your football boot in 10 seconds. Oh, Ooh. I get advice for those on Instagram, yeah. Yeah, so maybe you could offer them one of those. I mean, if it works on one boot, why wouldn't it work on another boot? I'm with you. So you're saying, like, I think you're not doing this as efficiently as you might be. But if they are retired, yeah, they might maybe, be like, well, we don't want to be may- efficient. Maybe, may- yeah, maybe. Or maybe you get taken into their confidence and, um, I don't know, you end up doing a couple of hits for them and make a few quid. And you'd be like, and it's also good for cleaning, like, you know, flesh off bones or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How powerful do you think this hose is? (laughs) Maybe they're really clumsy and they reverse over a lot of animals. 
Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. That, that's, that's that's worse than killing humans. <laughs> no, because that's uh, I think we've, ask we, Zuma. We, yeah, we've established in recent weeks. <laughs> and that'll also um, there'll be so many different bits of DNA there that be like the police will look through it and like oh, you know it can't be asked. There's too much, too much to get through. Yeah, well, that, that's the line that I found interesting. What do I do if if they are murderers? I can't be bothered for a showdown. Well, it's not that you can't be bothered for a showdown. They're scared of the murderers that you live next door to. And you probably well should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what there are always those there are those like lateral thinking tests that they always say um, you know you can do depending on your answer you're a murderer you know like if someone comes to your funeral and you fancy them not your funeral the funeral <laughs> of someone someone you know and you fancy them and you want to see them again and like the response that shows you're oh, a it's murderer is kill someone of equivalent relation to you. I tell you, Cosmopolitan has taken a, a dark <laughs> twist. <laughs> Uh, this, is actually, this is actually in match. Yeah. <laughs> right, we're not talking about match and shoot match. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Right. Um, this one's from Patrick. It says, greetings from the colonies, big fan of the show. I'm writing to ask for the Rambles opinion on which American team I should pledge allegiance to. I'm a rare Scouse slash Midwestern slash Floridian crossbreed but I've only ever supported Liverpool due to the quality of soccer here or lack thereof. I'd like that to change, though. So shall I support my local Tampa Bay, local Tampa Bay Rowdies, yes, in the town that I grew up in and currently live, or FC Cincinnati, where I was born? The Rowdies were the second best team in the USL last season, but their $40 soccer experience is akin to a Trump rally. <laughs> FC Cincinnati, on the other hand, have comfortably been the worst team in MLS since their inception in 2019 but I live far enough to suffer from a nice distance. I don't think I have the strength to support both, and nor should you. What do you think? Well, you've already heard a bit of what I think. But... Yeah, you're into the Trump rallies, aren't you? That's, yeah, that's your pretty, vibe. Pretty I think, well, given this, I look these two places up in terms of geographical distance, and it's 23 hours on a Greyhound bus, which I guess is like down the road for people of America. Mm. Um, so it doesn't seem like he cares that much about, you know, proximity versus the distance. So I think he should just choose a completely other team and choose uh, the new one in MLS, Charlotte FC, because they're that because it's halfway between the two. And they're new and it's fun and they're managed by that dude who said, oh, it's a total fucking shambles, we're screwed or whatever, when yeah, asked about right. their chances for the season. But oh, the, yeah. the thing is, if you're going to support Charlotte, <laughs> yeah. you're going to replicate the frustrations that he's got with Cincinnati because clearly they're having a few teething problems because they've only just started. Yeah. So he's going to have to go back and live the bit that he least likes about FC Cincinnati all over again. Yeah, he could, he, could also, he could also watch the Hornets, couldn't he? Get a bit of Lamello before he leaves. Yeah. Okay, Lamello so you're leaving. Oh, he's going to leave, isn't he? I don't think MJ will allow it, quite frankly. I oh, don't God, think this yeah. is strictly speaking relevant to the question in hand, Vish. I, don't, I don't think it's very you're familiar with what we do on this podcast. <laughs> 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 so your contribution is nothing. No, I was going to say support the Philly Union, but that's because I support them and it's a lovely place to watch football. All right, take your pick, Patrick. Although I feel like if you're going to pick one of the two, pick the one that's rubbish so you can say you were there from the start. Yeah, exactly. So. Go Cincinnati. Yeah. Damn right. Uh, if you have got any more equivalent questions for us, if you live next to murderers, if you need to find an MLS team, uh, send... Or if you're just really clumsy and keep reversing over <laughs> people's beloved animals. Although actually, if you do live next to murderers, probably we should say you should call 999. Don't worry. Don't don't email Do in very slowly. Yeah. Not no, no, don't call nine nine nine. Go for the middle ground. Text our producer. He'll sort it out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah. That's, the... that's what I do if I've got a problem. I just text the producer. 
Perfect. Email in show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramblenow to, or staying in fact, in the US. Um, Yesterday it was announced that the US women's national team had reached an agreement with US soccer to have equal pay going forward with the men's national team across all competitions, including the World Cup, which means this is the end of what has been a six-year legal battle with many fascinating twists and turns. The most... um, enjoyable or unenjoyable for me personally was when US soccer president Carlos Cordero had to quit in March 2020 after he encouraged the federation or led the federation in making a legal filing that claimed that women had less physical ability and responsibility than their male counterparts generally and I guess when playing soccer. Um, So now this is a I feel like this is a big win I mean the I suppose the Negatives are they they were going for sixty six million. They got twenty two, so a third of what they were after. But the crucial point seems to be this this equivalence. And when you remember when the US won the World Cup, people were chanting equal pay. So hopefully, it also means that they can start to work together to I don't know maybe help that men get into a decent position in a World Cup at some point because um, they last got anywhere in nineteen thirty. Yeah, I mean, I was um, revisiting. Um Megan Rapinoe's um, Ballon d'Or win a, a couple of weeks ago for something I was I was I was working on, and there's still a lot of debate around this in um, women's football circles. That in a, in a way because she got it in a year where it was uh, okay, the US won that won the World Cup yeah, in that but year. She, she wasn't. The she best was player. she was arguably not their best player, and also she didn't do anything at club level that year. And of course, there was a lot of discussion in the women's football community that it sort of demeaned the sport really you know that it sort of um showed that the voters didn't really watch women's football and were paying lip service to that the counter argument to that is that the ballon d'or or any individual award in a team sport like this should always be about more than the sporting achievement rapino is important for so much more than what's on the pitch and you felt if it was going to happen it was going to be on her watch and this is why she's an appropriate Ballon d'Or, isn't it? Because she's incredible on a number of different levels. And I think the fact is, as well that she is proud of who she is in so many different ways, that she's a working class woman who's been able to stand up and fight for what she thinks is right and what she knows is right and to make herself heard. Mm. It's the very definition of a sporting leader. Now, this is just the tip of the iceberg because this is big because the US is as big as it gets in in, in, in women's football slash soccer. But, um, you know, there are other big players fighting for this all over the world. Bear in mind, this is a sport in which Ada Hegerberg, one of the other best players in the world, um, quit international football at 22 because she felt that you know, women's football wasn't being taken seriously in allegedly a progressive country in in Norway. So, you know, it's, it's not great that top women's footballers have to stand up for that. But on the other hand, they can be immensely proud that they have stood up for that. And it's, it's making a huge, huge difference to the, the future players. Yeah, the, the profile of the players involved is the crucial bit here because they... You know, they brought it in at a time of strength and they only, I suppose they momentarily lost that with that federal court ruling in, in 2020, which stated that 
basically, actually, if you average out how much the men play and how much the women play, if you average that out, then, you know, technically it's about right. Um, I don't know how they, they got through that in the end, but I, I was quite surprised that they were still able to continue these yeah, negotiations. Yeah, because that's how it works, isn't it? Because, like, yeah. with, you know, like you're saying, Bolt, if he only runs 100 metres, he gets much less than, like, Mo Farah, for example. Exactly. Because he runs for, like, much more minutes. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, it's actually a perfectly logical way of looking at it's it. Fam- yeah, well, it's why um, ultra-marathon runners are some of the richest people in the world. <laughs> but there was... Um, the, the thing I found um, fascinating about it was, at the time, as I mentioned, because of the profile of those players, there was a there was almost a sense... And, and I suppose this is... Bed out in in the um, compensation, I suppose they they were given the twenty two million that they now split. There was a sense from the way that people were talking about it that it was people coming for theirs, people wanting what they felt was owed to them. Mm. When really, like it, it's far from it. And I know there's still a lot of negotiation to go with far with regards to ratifying things that need to be done going forward. But in terms of what we have tangible right now, it's the facilities, it's the bonuses, it's the travel, things like that, hotels, per, even things down to per diems as well. That Surfaces you know, they were the play, right. they made yeah, to play on yeah. as well. That's yeah. right. The fact is, money in football, it's, it's never really the money, is it? It's, no, exactly. It's, 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 a bit it's, of a the that. Yeah. it's the respect that money infers, yeah. which is why Patrick Vieira didn't end up signing for Real Madrid in 20, 2004, for example. It's not because he's like, I can't get by on 14 grand a week. It's the respect that in first, it's always about that with footballers. And there's also an interesting thing that happened, I suppose, over the course of the last six years, whereby they were obviously the most high-profile national team going for equal pay. Yeah. But in that time, other footballing federations have got their own house in order, kind of off the back of, I suppose, predicting something like this, you know, in their own backyard. But also, if you look at the effect that this movement has had on other sports, and I think specifically the WNBA as well, mm. who, um, you know, obviously Megan Rapinoe's partner is a you know, prominent um, basketballer, but you also have the, you know, the way that they've, there's been a lot of, I suppose, not cross-party talks, but, you know, they've liaised a lot together about the best way of going about this. And and one of the things they they rest, they used incredibly well because of their profile, as we mentioned before, was the media coverage. Yeah. And the way they knew that every time they were on TV, every time they were doing interviews, they were like, right, this we can own this. And because they're such good orators as well, mm. they absolutely nailed it, really. Yeah. Because as we mentioned, you know, that federal court ruling, a lot of people within US Federation thought, right, we're, we're all right here. And I don't want to give them too much credit, but the fact that those negotiations were still ongoing after that shows that there was a realisation at least that like, shit, we're, we're, you know, these players, three of them are now retired of, of the six people who were involved in the first place. We have a legacy team here who are going to hate us for the rest of their lives, really. And, and I know it, it, sometimes it does come down to stupid things like that about worrying your, about how you're going to be perceived in the future. But we've, yeah, as we said, there's still more to do. But yeah, it's quite a seminal moment in women's football. It seems huge, and I, I, well, I would broaden it out to to football generally because it seems like a moment in which you know you start to reckon with what you've got as a as an entity and and how things should be shared. And you know, in this country, there's conversation about how the FA Cup. You know, you get ten p and a packet of crisps if you play in it if you're a female team, and you get I don't know but a I, house in Hampstead <laughs> <laughs> if you're a, if you're in the men's. You went straight to Hampstead, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but I think, but no, I actually think it's specific for women's football. Mm, okay. Because I, you know, my partner plays football. I've seen how she can't, she struggles to get like football boots. Um, 
even like, you know, she, she tells this what I'm going a bit off topic here, but she told me a story about when she went to, we were together and she went to Nighttown to buy Red Under Armour, the um, Matt's Latin Orient's kit, because, you know, you've got to do yeah, matching yeah. kit. Yeah. yeah. And um, she, she asked three different people and they kept taking her to the yoga area. Ah! Think she wanted leggings. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, wow. and so things like this actually have, you know, people are going to read this on whatever newspapers they read. They're going to see it on social media. And I think if you look at the way the conversation is switched, even under whenever, I don't Arsenal, you know, a high profile team, but whenever they post about the women's team, obviously the women's team has their own account. Um, or the number of like gobshite Twitter accounts with Miedemar as their profile picture, I'm a bit like, you know what? I hate everything you're doing, but that's quite cool. <laughs> yeah. And you see, that's you, not what I thought you were going to say. But have you not seen? I've I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen the rise of that at the moment, and it does feel like this is part of that sea change where, because it's such a high-profile thing, more people are going to be aware of it and yeah. be like, shit, okay, like whether it's getting your house in order or even just thinking twice about, you know, small little four for nothing girl walking in, looking asking for asking for kit, you know. So I I think this this is. A big thing for women's football, yeah, football as a whole. I, as I well. suppose I'm. I suppose I'm adding, opening it out to, yeah, opening it out to football because I suppose I just think of everything in football kind of collectively. But I, I suppose I'm talking about, I don't know, humanity as well, right? Because the part, part of the reason mm. that it was so interesting that they were that people forget how great the U.S. women's national team actually are. You know, they're they're at the top of their yeah their yeah. game compared with the men's team who are most notably not. Um, the fact is, you know, in the States since 1972, they've had Title IX, right? This is a lot of what Billie Jean King worked on. The idea that you've got to pay, you can't disadvantage people who are playing sports. You can't, if you're a federal organisation, you can't give more money to your men's team uh, in like in colleges, for example, than you do to your women's team. The, the reality is that, that, you know, people find ways of circumventing it. And of course, college sport is this mad thing in the States yeah, where... You know, they earn these teams make so much money. They're like commercial enterprises, and and it just, yeah, I don't know. with today, free labour. Yeah, with free labour, and it's today. Today is probably not the time to go into it, but it's just interesting. And then also using, I guess it was Title Seven is the one where you're not allowed to be discriminated against in the in the workplace. It's just very interesting that it. There, this is a huge win, but it took six years, and it looked, as Vicious pointed out, it looked as though they were likely to fail for a long time. Um, it's interesting that within even that kind of structure that seems to lay this down and be clear that like women are people too and should be treated equally. Um, so I think, you know, it's amazing that it took this long given all that that's in place in the States is what I'm saying. So the fact that ultimately, I guess, justice has been served, however we want to uh, typify that is, yeah, it's huge. Mm. For people, uh, we will discuss this in more detail on next week's episode of our weekly women's football show up front. So do subscribe to Football Ramble Presents if you want to hear that. Uh, tonight, more football, double football, double bubble. We've got Premier League and we've got Champions League for you. Uh, Burnley go up against Spurs. That's the real quiz, actually. Uh, nothing screams, nothing screams <laughs> hangover performance. Quite <laughs> like going away <laughs> to Burnley. Hammered. Weak horse is the dry, the dry mouth. Cornet is a <laughs> splitting headache. <laughs> Ashley Westwood, like the twenty-four hours of paranoia. This is oh, sorry. This is the game, isn't it? Like we we know what's going to happen. Do we even need to watch it? No, we really don't. We really don't. And especially now, Burnley have found out how to string three girls together in a game, and nearly four. But I, I, I'm kind of on board with what Vish is saying. But so many 
rearrange so many Burnley games, Burnley home games and rearranged Burnley games have been called off with so little to go before the actual kickoff that instill it until it's 7.25, I won't believe that it's happening, <laughs> to, to, to be perfectly honest. Are these on TV? Are these on Sky Sports? Um, well, they'll be available on a screen somewhere, yeah. won't they? Ooh. Won't they? <laughs> I'm just representing Donny. He's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Watford also play Palace. Uh, Liverpool go up against Leeds uh, in the the Champions League. It's Benfica, Ajax, Atletico against Manchester United. Vish. Ralph Ragnick's actually amazing, as it turns out. So you must be looking forward to that very much. Look, no no one is saying anything behind the manager's back. Everyone is on the same page. Harry Maguire is captain. Ronaldo is fine. I don't know what people are worried about. <laughs> Jaden Sancho's man of the match. He well, he he is actually. That's the only genuine thing I would say. He is very good now. Yeah. Is it? Do you think they've improved, Kate, since you rebranded them Manchester United Vish? Because there wasn't. It, it sounded like Spotify Camp. No. <laughs> there. Yeah. Is that how far they've fallen? I, what I particularly like about this game is. Whoever loses is officially in crisis. Yeah, it feels I mean, like that's, that. That's yeah. a lovely feeling to go into a game with, isn't it? Can't wait. Fingers crossed, eh, Man United Vish? Yeah. Um, <laughs> lovely to see you. On tomorrow's show, it is Jules, it's Vish, it's Andy. Oh, swapping the chair. What's the dynamic going to be like? Listen out, Football Ramble fans. Shall we push her out on a wheelchair right this second? <laughs> <laughs> um, nice to see you, Andy Brassel. Lovely to see you. Uh, lovely to see you as well, actually, Vish. Actually. <laughs> actually. Go talk to your steed. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. The Euros are just around the corner. And if you're excited about the festival of football that's to come, make sure you're listening to On the Continent across this summer's European Championships. Join me, Andy Brassel, Dot Nadabayo, and a host of other expert European football journalists for everything you need to know about one of the most eagerly anticipated summer tournaments in ages. We'll have shows dedicated to answering your burning questions, a breakdown of the potential winners from all over the continent, and we'll be reacting to the biggest matches as soon as they happen. It's a European football summer, and we've got everything you need. Search On The Continent in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Frank de Boer speelt the ball. Heel goed naar Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp neemt de bal aan. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. ACAS powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.